Well, hey there and howdy out there in Radio Land. Make yourself comfortable because you're just in time for another episode of Talking Movies with my mom. And thanks again for joining us. We want to say hello to everyone out there uh, that's listening out in your ear holes. Right, Mom? We're back to the ear holes. We're back to the ear holes. Oh, well, I was trying to make it work, but maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, it still sounds like something a worm crawls into. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dreaming that tonight. Like, well, at any rate, <laughs> I want to welcome everybody here to our little show uh, where we talk about movies. Some good movies, some bad movies, some indifferent ones. And if that's your thing... Maybe this is the show for you. I'm Ben Revere, your host, and always with me is my uh, very quick-witted co-host, my mom. I don't know how quick I am. Getting old. You well, you're you, you're. I think you're pretty spry yet. Oh, you're I don't too think kind. of you as old. You're too kind. Uh, well, you're welcome. There you go. You have anything nice to say about me? Yeah. You're good at this. I know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and you always That's come good. home to see if your dad and I are getting ourselves into trouble. Well, I have to make sure you guys still, you know, are are feeding yourselves and clothing yourselves. Monitoring I, those twilight years. Yes, that's yeah, right. That's uh, half the time, though, I think it's just to, to help out your sanity. That's why I come by. Yeah, I appreciate it. Because I do know that sometimes, you know, the conversations you and Dad get into are... I think sometimes you might spend too much time with each other. Oh, I agree with you. <laughs> There's sometimes where I just got to tell them to quit. Yeah. Some politics and COVID are off topic. Oh, They're just thank like, God. No, we're not talking about that today. That's all I say. Because, really... Well, there's only so long you can talk about that stuff. Yeah. And it seems like there's something new to talk about every five minutes about it. So how do you keep track of it? You don't, and it makes your head muddled. So then you watch a movie. There you go. That's some great advice. You heard it right here, folks, right on the show. Sometimes you just have to go and get away from all the worries of the world and just watch a movie. Yeah, it's good for the soul and good I think for the so psyche. Too. Yeah, you yeah. just get a little lost in something. A little escapism isn't always a bad thing in life. No. no it gets your mind off of something else and we've got so much stuff to keep on our minds these days. It's it's it can be very overwhelming. It is. So it is kind of nice where you can take a moment and break away from it, put your phone away. Put yeah, you it got in the world drawer. in your pocket and that's bad. Yeah, turn all that stuff off and and have a little bit of fun, which is exactly what we like to do on this show. And uh, we do encourage people to, you know, interact with us. We get a lot of, we've, we're all very early in our run. This is, uh, what is this, episode four that, well, right here? I'm kind of old, so I kind of lost track. Oh, you did already? Yeah. Well, we're only like on episode four, like I said, and people have been reaching out so keep doing that because that helps us and it's uh, fun to you know if you've got a request for a movie we do have a lot of requests we we're going to get to i'm curious about those those i think it's going to be a lot of fun yeah and uh, how can you do that well you can find us on facebook just search for talking movies with my mom we also have an email address which is talking movies with my mom at gmail.com which somebody told me that's really long for an email address. I don't know. We're bona fide. I thought it was easy because it's just the name of the show. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of letters to type in. I guess so. Well, and does anybody really type anymore? I never really learned how to type, so. But I don't think that many people actually type. They just do. They just do it with their thumbs. That's true. I don't know. That's another conversation for another time, I guess, because today we are going to be talking about a film from 2002. I think I was like, uh, I was either a sophomore or a junior in high school. Didn't you graduate in 04? I graduated in 04. 
That would have made you about a sophomore. Sophomore. Well, this came out in my sophomore year. This is one of uh, my favorites, one of yours as well, uh, which uh, the cast is led by the great uh, Jack Nicholson. I love him. And there's a whole slew of other actors who we'll talk about. But this was from 2002. This was a film that was written and directed by Alexander Payne, uh, titled About Schmidt. Yeah, it's a good film. It is. It's a fun little thing. Uh, it's kind of a, another one of these comedy dramas uh, that, you know, there's a lot of funny parts, but there's uh, it's, it's very much a slice of life. I would say this movie is. Yeah, it is. It's and and the, that's the best way I can put it. Finding your way in different parts of your life. It's kind of a coming-of-age story, but it happens later in life. How suitable for someone as old as me. You, you make it sound like you're really old. You're not that <laughs> old. Are you? I think so. You do? Yeah. Has it gotten to the point where you can't remember how old you are? Uh, I still know when my birth date is, so that's good. Well, that's good. We got that going for you. Uh, but About Schmidt is a great little flick. Uh, it's loosely based upon uh, the 1996 novel of the same title by Lewis Begley. And I think I have a copy of the book somewhere, but I, I don't know why. I just never picked it up i never knew it was loosely based on a book it it is and it it's one of those films that came out around a time i think when like independent films were being taken a little more seriously oh okay uh, i don't know how independent this one was but it was kind of in that same vein and with alexander payne writing and directing that was kind of his style uh, he also did Sideways. Oh, that's a good movie. With uh, Paul Giamatti. Yep. Uh, the whole winery thing. I like Paul Giamatti. And uh, who else was in that? Thomas Hayden Church. He was the guy who played Lowell on Wings. Oh, yeah, yeah. The he mechanic. Was in, that's right. He was in Sideways, too. Yeah. Uh, which is another great movie. Uh, but uh, About Schmidt is uh, another one of those uh, really... Just fun little flicks, a slice of life. It's got some comedy. It's got some drama. You can uh, get a little lost in it. You can get a little lost in it. Leave the real world for a little it, while. You know. Uh, really what it does is it centers around Jack Nicholson. He's, he goes through retirement, and then he goes through losing his wife. And then his daughter is getting married off. Yep. And he gets a, a pen pal in Africa. Yeah. That's how I'm going to set this one up. That's good enough. Isn't it, though? It, yeah. it kind of has a little bit of all of it. We'll talk more about it when we get to the second half. Absolutely. But just to give an ounce of context, that's what I'm going to tell everybody. That's good. Yeah, I think that's good. So this is, uh, we found this, uh, you said you found it available to rent. Is that right? Yeah, it's for rent on Amazon Prime. I don't know if it's anywhere else. It's two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Jeff Bezos, you better pay us for that plug. Yeah. Or at least you a make another trip. Or at least a free ride in your space cock. I don't really want to ride in it. You don't want to? No. <laughs> Claustrophobia. No, thank you. No. Nah. <laughs> He can have the two ninety nine. He doesn't owe me anything. <laughs> Just hope the movie streams properly out here in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I rented it for two ninety nine, and my wireless went out. What am I gonna do? That happens more often than not, people. Oh, jeez. So you need to know that. Well, I'm glad you're. We're close them to in. off the grid. Is that like the modern day equivalent of? Uh, when you go and you rent, remember when you rent a videotape and somebody didn't rewind it? Yes, and you hated it because you got home and you had to waste time rewinding it. <laughs> I was like, really? Who's the boob that didn't rewind this thing? <laughs> and then what have I always said about where we live? Uh, you've said a lot of things about it. We're near Flum between Twin Valley. Yeah. And? And what? We're on the edge of the world. 
Well, in a matter of sorts. I did always say that. We kind of live on the edge of the world. So. It's off the beaten path. It is. I like it, though. You can find it on Google. There you go. But it is off the beaten path. And we should all remember, be kind, rewind. Be kind and rewind. Yeah. They stamp it on the little thing. That's right. Well, we're going to take our chances on this one and... Uh, just jump into the old Amazon Prime and give this a rent. Uh, we'll take a break. And this is a wonderful time for those of you at home who are playing the home game. This is when you can pause the record. And wherever you decided to find this movie from, why don't you give it a little bit of a view? And we'll take a pause for the cause and come back. And when we do come back, we're going to talk all about Schmidt. Hey gang, are you looking for some stickers? You know, those fun little things that you put on coffee cups or water bottles. Hell, some of you might be crazy enough to even put them on the bumper of your car. Well, I want to let you know that Art Riot Promotions is there for you to stick a bit of fun back into your life. If you're promoting a small business or a band or even a podcast, Art Riot is ready to deliver. Check them out at 819 Main Avenue in Moorhead, Minnesota, or online at artriotpromotions.com. Art Riot Promotions, bringing a little bit of weird back to Fargo-Moorhead. And once again, we've stepped through the mystical portal and we are back from the break. And before we get too far with this, I do want to give some advice to our listeners out there. That if you are, uh, if you're prepared, well, I'm going to tell you how you should be prepared. If you're going to rent a movie on Amazon... Uh, I find it's, uh, we've found that it's usually helpful to either memorize your PIN number or <laughs> write it down somewhere. I've, just, I, I still... I've just recently started a notebook of passwords and I'll have to add PIN numbers to it. But just the look on your face when you it's like it getting up. It's like getting called on in grade school <laughs> and you didn't do your homework and your heart goes down to your belly and you're like shit I don't know the pin number now what do I have to do that was exactly that, that's the best way to describe mm -hmm. the look at, and the expression on your face it is because you <laughs> think you're just going to boot it up and ooh let's watch a movie and then all of a sudden it's like dang it I didn't know you needed a pin number. Yes. And you're like, yeah, every time, Ma. And I'm like, oh, man. So, I didn't know there yep. was going to be a test. <laughs> yeah, you got to study before you go. Because you remember when you're in grade school and the teacher's calling on people and you're like trying to hide your head down behind your book. And yes. Your shoulders are scrunched up and you're like, please don't pick me. Yep. That was exactly what that was. It, yes, you didn't realize that Jeff Bezos was going to throw a pop quiz at you. I didn't, <laughs> dirty bugger. And uh, oh, yes, swear. we did spring for $2.99 worth of cock rocket fuel We're to Jeff Bezos. We're living high on the hog. Because uh, we did rent this movie uh, from Amazon. And as a friendly tip, once again, folks, make sure you know your pin number passwords are a good idea too. <laughs> i've got some of those memorized but others not there you go well uh today took us uh, back to 2002 this was an american comedy drama that was uh, co-written and directed by alexander payne and starring jack nicholson uh, and we'll talk about the rest of the cast here in a moment. But he kind of, Jack Nicholson, carries a lot of it. The movie is about Schmidt. And, uh, Mom, what did you think about Schmidt? I The one thing that I noticed a lot about Schmidt is he 
Jack Nicholson. A lot of his part in it, there's a lot of non-speaking. And he's just yes. acting with his face, which actually harkens to remind me of um, Belushi. Oh, well, similar, yeah. Because Very expressive. Yes, because in Saturday Night Live, obviously, Belushi was doing sitcom and, you know, comedy. But in Different the, genre, <clears throat> but the physicality and expression in the face. I see where you're going with that. And he did. He could, he could evoke what he was thinking by his expressions. Because it was the first scene where he said, well, he was an actuary. For the insurance, and he was yeah. he was figuring out money. Oh, he was figuring oh, out money. Oh, it yeah. was when okay, I know the scene. I'm maybe jumping ahead about. a little. You are so. jumping ahead a little bit. He's, but anyway, uh, he was ciphering numbers in his head. Yeah, he's ciphering numbers in his head, and but he's there's even, no speaking. There's no speaking, but he even mouths the numbers, yeah. and that's what I noticed. And then you saw his eyebrows kind of move, yeah. and it was like the little calculator in his head was going to town. Because his character in the movie, he was. He was a, an insurance... He worked for an insurance company as an actuary. He was like v- VP of Woodman really? uh, Insurance. I, I think it was like International Insurance or something or other. Uh, Woodman of the World. That's what it was. A life insurance company in Omaha. And so he's in, he's in insurance. So that's a, that's a boring racket, right? Right. Well, we could start there, I guess. And, and, well, as far as the nonverbalness about him that you were talking about, he's kind of a boring guy. Definitely. You know, he's... He didn't really have, like, hobbies or... And he, he didn't have work. interactions with people a lot. He had his work. And he, yeah. at the beginning of the film, he's retiring. That's how the whole thing starts. And his... I, I don't want to say that he's whipped, but he definitely, whatever his wife wants done, he does. She wore the pants. She did. So he doesn't really have that much of an opportunity to speak out there. No. And... I think for most of his life, he probably was just a quiet guy. I think so. He had a desk job where he probably was just pushing numbers. People liked him, I'm sure, and I'm sure he got along with folks, but he just didn't seem like the kind of person to stir things up. No. Which I think accounts for the fact that you really don't hear Jack Nicholson's voice now that I think of it. I don't think it. you really hear him go into many major dialogue until after his wife dies. Right. That's why I noticed it, because it's like yeah. he's doing his acting through his facial expressions. And his physicality. Yeah, how he's sitting and what he's doing. And there's a lot of subtleties to this character. Like, Jack Nicholson did some great staring off into space yes. in yes. this movie it's eye movements and stuff it is it's just like wow but it was ever so slight because there are these moments where some of these dumbfounded things happen to his character and he just sits there and stares yeah like to the point where you're like oh, did the did the film stop or you know it, what's going on here and it's just him and he just doesn't move but it makes a statement it does. It uh, there's a lot of things that uh, I, the tone of this film is one that I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like you said a very quiet film for the most part and then it just pops up with some minor excitement here and there. But it is, uh, I think it's probably because it's mostly Warren's journey. That yeah, and on his journey, I think there's points to ponder. Yeah. With him on his journey. Well. What he's thinking and and it not being dialogued. You have to kind of go, what is he thinking? And then you always oh, cipher numbers. So the way the whole story is laid out is at the beginning he retires and then there's the plans of his retirement he and his wife uh who is played by one of my favorite character actresses 
uh, June Squibb. She is good. She is so much fun and plays a Midwestern housewife beautifully. She does. In my opinion. She's got the details of the character. She though. does. So there, he's retired, and she wanted to get the big Winnebago so they could go, you know, road tripping and do that sort of thing. And it, he does, yes, he starts writing the letters to Ndugu right before she dies. Because he's watching TV, and he sees the child reach. Right. Little spot. That was when he was ciphering how much it would cost to sponsor a child from Tanzania. Doing it in his head and not saying a word at all. Right. It's like child, I don't know. Child what, reach. Child reach, yeah. He gets caught into the commercial and, you know, decides, hey, this might be a good thing to do. So he takes down the information and he's going to sponsor a child. And then it's through these letters to and to his sponsor child named Ndugu that we really get to see who Warren is. It's the first time in the whole picture that we get to hear his side of the story. And this very quiet, almost stoic man that we see at the beginning of the film starts to open up like wildfire and just every little thing that happens right when he's writing on his yellow legal right. pad he's bitter about the fact that they kicked him out of his job and gave it to some young buck and you know and his his wife is always nagging on him with all of these things like having to go to a new restaurant and and doing all these annoying things that he hates and he just goes on these rants and <laughs> Then he follows it up with, well, I suppose you want to go cash this check so you can get something Something to to eat. eat. I'd (laughs) like to take a note, just stepping back a couple of scenes, is when he first retires, it's like he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's used to going to the office every day. Yeah. And so then the first day of his retirement, what does he do? He's doing the jumble, isn't he? Yeah, and then he, or maybe it's the second day, then he goes to the office that week. Oh, yeah, he goes back. He goes back to talk to the guy that they replaced him with, the young guy. And that's part of his bitterness as he got kind of shoved out. But then the one thing about that whole scene when they're going through it was when he's leaving the building, they show a pile out in the parking lot outer area it was all of his all of his work and his records were just in a garbage pile they chucked it all so i think he was feeling like he didn't have anything left that's true they made a statement with just that one little clip that's true that with his retirement they did kind of say the whole thing of well here's your gold watch don't let the door hit you on the way out pretty much that's what it was yeah and uh, and so then when he's watching the television looking for something, he finds Ndugu. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'd see where you tied that in, that he is. He's looking for something because, yeah, he's looking for somebody that he can take care of. Connect with. Connect with. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And, and like I said, this is where the letters to Ndugu really you know that's when we as the audience get to know who warren schmidt is what makes him tick yeah the whole nine yards it's very comical in the way that it's presented absolutely like i said you know at the end he says hey you probably want to cash this check to go get something to eat because we should probably mention that ndugu is six years old that's right so you've got somebody who's, I think he said he was 66. You've got a 66-year-old writing letters to a six-year-old and, and doing it in, in a very, uh, when I say the word adult, I don't mean dirty, but very adult-like. It's adult-like, which you kind of understand. And I know when I was raising you kids, you always said I would talk to you like you were, in a, like you were, a person, not a little kid. So he didn't write in like little kid language. No, he he, he well, wrote. 
and some of the subjects he he got a up. little colorful. Yeah, a lot I, colorful. I think he had to cross out "cocky bastard." Yeah, he got a little colorful yeah. in it. So, but it is a fun little motif that they use throughout the film, and it's it's not necessarily a narration. No. Because he's still relaying all of his his what he's doing to Ndugu. So he's his wife dies, you know, tragically, and then he's left alone, and he doesn't really know what to do with himself. He's still writing to Ndugu. That's like his only outlet that he's got. That it's really keeps almost, him grounded. It's almost yeah. It's his only connection with something that's maybe familiar to him that he can talk about his problems. Right. And he kind of lets himself go for about a week or two. And then finally, to get himself out of his funk, he decides, well, my daughter, who's down in in Colorado, she's getting married soon, so I'll just show up early. I'll just bring the RV. And then, you know, that's what we'll... I'll just do that because I got nothing else to do. And that's when he gets caught into kind of the, this next chapter of his life, which is getting caught up in this weird, weird wedding. Well, but happening. she turns him down on coming early. That's right. And then he finds places to go and sightsee. Well, he kind of goes down memory lane. Yep. He goes to his childhood home, which is now a tires plus. But he, he did <laughs> save. To the guy in the tires plus. He's like, yeah, I used to live here. The guy's like, in in the store? He's like, no, my house was on this property. And you're never going to believe this. We had a tire swing out back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's some one-liners in there that are pretty good like that. So he does kind of goes down memory lane. He goes to his old college and checks that stuff out. Yeah. And just kind of goes on his own little road trip. And, uh, and... As he does that, as he's on that trip, he ends up at a campground. And yeah. I think this is probably your favorite line from this movie is the guy that comes up oh. and knocks on the door. Yeah, the neighboring camper comes up to his big his, his Winnebago, adventurer. His adventurer. He knocks on the door and he answers it. And the guy says, Ahoy. And there's a pause, <laughs> an awkward pause. And Jack Nicholson looks at him, Warren, and he says, Ahoy yourself. <laughs> and I swear now, every time that you it will see a Winnebago or if we're at a campground or something, do. you'll turn to me and <laughs> you'll just say, Ahoy there. Ahoy there. I do. <laughs> I just, that line... If you ever get a line from a movie, you know, everybody does that. That's the line from the movie for this one for me. That That's that's the ahoy one that there. sticks with you. Ahoy yeah. there. Well, ahoy yourself. Yeah, and it's such a small little line, but it's funny. It is. The way it plays out is funny, and it's only three words. And it's a funny little scene in that campground because you've got this couple that, and they're just the stereotypical couple who's like oh we met this these folks from jersey and they were such fun gave me the tuna salad uh, recipe and and they're going through their albums and they're the shit. rvers yeah they're and it's it's a fun little interaction that happens there uh and that's all i'll say because yeah you don't want to give all that i can't away. give everything away ahoy there is the line in the ahoy window. there is just where you'll have to turn it into a drinking game if you want because uh, i think he says it like maybe three times so you yeah. won't get too drunk no. you know but if every time you hear ahoy there take a shot mm -hmm. uh, that'll sure why not uh but then Warren's got to hit the road because he's finally going to go to Colorado. Yeah, it's time for the wedding. It's getting time for the wedding. And this is where I feel the really fun cast of characters shows up. This is kind of where the movie starts to take off. The first part of it is kind of more background stuff with Warren and what's happening with his life, I think. And well, then, it's mostly about him. Yeah, but then when they draw in these other characters is when it gets more interesting so just looking at the cast here i don't think we mentioned it uh, earlier but hope davis she plays Jeannie, the daughter 
right. who we do meet earlier in the film. And uh, I want to say that this was one of those movies that kind of helped propel Hope Davis's career. Really? She'd only been in a few things before mm. that, and this was 2002. Right. But I think this was one of the more first notable things she did. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, the movie Home Alone. Oh, yeah. She was the, the French... Right. Uh, air at the at the counter yep. at the airport. Yep. She was the French air. What what the hell do you call that person? Concierge. At, uh, no, oh. not no. At the airport. Mm, I don't know what the it. I. Whatever the hell they call them. Uh, at any rate, she was in that, and she did a few other like bit things. But this was one of her first big ones, and she's great. And then she's teamed up with Dermot Mulroney who plays Randall Hertzel. He does an excellent job. Oh, my God. It's so much fun He's with this guy. He's such a geek. He's got probably the best handlebar mustache mullet combo I've seen in a Absolutely. long time. I was going to bring up his mullet because it's oh like my magnificent. God. Yeah. So you've got them that that's there, and 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 of course Hope Davis is just he's daddy's or excuse me she's daddy's girl. Yeah, she's the apple of Warren's eye. That's what he's living for. Right, that's all he's got left at this point, and she's gonna marry this handlebar, mustached, mullet, waterbed selling schmuck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then. Oh, wait, yes, there's more. Uh, Randall's mother, Roberta. Roberta. Roberta Herzl is played by one of your all-time favorite actresses. She is. She is like the top probably of the list. Yeah. I would have to put her in first place for all-time favorite You're going to tell everybody who it is? Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. And she's in so many things where she does a cameo or a spot. But in this one, she really does. She She's full on Kathy Bates in her, the way she. You see a lot of Kathy Bates in this movie. You do. And when you I see say a, whole a lot, lot. You see a whole lot. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> but just the way she can, she's so natural on how she delivers lines and delves into her character. And this character, I think, was perfect for yeah, her. Yeah, for her, absolutely. It was made for her. Uh, so, Warren, coming from... And I don't know if geographically this has anything to do with it, but I always kind of thought it. He's in the Midwest. He's from Omaha. He was in life insurance. He's a pretty conservative guy. Yes, I think actually at one point when he's driving around, you hear on the radio. You hear conservative radio. He's you listening do. to Rush Limbaugh. Yep. So it, he's set up to be, it's not in your face, but you can tell he's He wears more, a shirt and tie and he. He lives a conservative lifestyle. Yeah. So then he ends up at uh, Roberta Herzl's house, Kathy Bates's house, and she is just like a full-fledged fucking hippie. Full on, like full on. She's like, you need a drink? I'm going to have a Manhattan. Yeah, she's just, it doesn't care. Just out there with everything. Very explicit about her sexual activities and and inclinations. And personal things that maybe is too much information. Right. She just gives it up. She just dishes the whole thing out. But that's the thing. Kathy Bates can do that in a character. Exactly. Where you just go, wow, you believe it. You're just like, yeah, she is that person. It's she just, just she delves into it. Everything into it. And you could tell, I think she was having fun with it. Oh, yeah. Especially when uh, with her interaction with uh, Howard Hessman. Yes. Howard Hessman from WKRP. Yeah. Uh, he played Dr. Johnny Fever. In this movie, he plays uh, Kathy Bates' ex-husband, right. Larry. Larry. And just seeing the two of them go back and forth... Because they wanted to have dinner as a family. So everybody's there. At, uh, it's Jeannie and Randall and Warren, of course. 
And then there's Duncan, who's the dim-witted brother. Yeah. And for some odd reason, they put a box of milk bone dog biscuits you in front of You caught that. Him. We had to pause the movie because they had a lazy Susan in the middle of the table. So they'd spin it around for their food. Yep. And you caught it. It's on the very bottom of the screen. You're like, why do they have milk bone dog biscuits there? Yeah. It was right in front of him. And there's no dog. No. There's no dog But they're all. planted right in front of that dim-witted so brother. So they, they're all sitting there. And then who else do we have at the table? Well, uh, you got Roberta by, with Kat, as Kathy Bates as well. And then uh, Howard Hesman's there with his new wife, right. his new Asian wife, Sandra. Yep. And Howard Hesman's big thing is he's always got to make a toast. Yeah. That's his character's thing. He's like, I want to propose a toast. And immediately Kathy Bates is like, come on, fuck off, Larry. We just want to enjoy our food. Drink your milk. We just want to eat. <laughs> like they were drinking milk? I don't think so. <laughs> well, he was drinking milk. Maybe he was. I yeah, thought that was funny. Yeah, he always did drink milk. And she was always she was always hitting the sauce. Oh, in Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. No wonder they divorced. <laughs> yeah, that scene is it is funny that whole scene. There's is. so many funny moments in this movie and it's it's very much a slice of life. It's like I've met people who are that weird and act that weird yeah. around each other. I think we all have. Yeah. And, and this this movie just plasters it right on the wall to the point where, you know, Jack Nicholson pulls his daughter out onto the porch and says, don't marry this guy. These people are lunatics. Yeah. He, he sees something that she doesn't. And yeah, he's at a point in his life where he's looking for something and he doesn't want to leave her go to this other guy. And, right. And then they are kind of loony, not going to lie. Yeah, it's it, it. There's so much weird stuff, and while we're on the topic of it, should we talk about the wedding? The wedding. That scene <laughs> is just like I was busting a gut because they just do the classic cheesy wedding scene, top notch. But okay, I had to ask you: Does it seem like because this came out in two thousand two, but it seemed like the wedding that they were putting on was more like 1996. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said that really with my Midwest accent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. No, it definitely was. Because I told yeah. you we got married in 85, and a lot of it was like that era, you know, maybe a few years later than 85, but I lived through those eras, so yeah. Definitely. It just seemed very late 80s to mid 90s was the the aesthetic of the whole thing. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. And just the adds, songs. Oh, yes. And yeah. they had the typical, like, you know, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but guess what? I'm going to do it. I've, I've sang for events like that. Yeah, you have. And, you know, I not necessarily in a professional capacity if they could slip me a few bucks I never say no but I have sang for those things and but and I've been classically trained and I've done it you know semi-professionally beside the point the point I'm trying to make is with this it was the classic like oh we're gonna get cousin Donna to get on to do because she, she could sing she sings great you know, it's always like some cousin that says, oh, no, they can do it. And nine times out of 14, they couldn't carry a tune if it was in a paper bag. No. And that was kind of the thing that they had going on with this. It was just like, oh, friend of a friend of a bartender who's really good at karaoke. They're going to sing. <laughs> the one thing that I noted during the wedding scene, though, is they keep clipping back to Warren. And he's sitting in his pew again, doing his facial expressions and half staring off into space. And it makes you think that the wedding goes on forever in his mind. Yes. It's like yes. it's never going to end and he doesn't want to really be sitting there watching it. And you again, totally there's not a word spoken by yeah. Warren. Not at all. 
there's not a lot of dialogue that he has. He interacts probably the most with Roberta. Right. But you can totally tell during that wedding scene that he's not about it. No, he's not. He's in a half. His staring is stellar, like you said. He's in a half stare, kind of like, when's it going to be over? Right. That's the expression on his face. It totally is. And uh, so we were talking his limited dialogue. And like I said, I think the most dialogue that he has, well, he talks with Hope Davis quite a bit, but he's got some real great scenes with Kathy Bates. Oh, yeah. As Roberta. That's where most of his dialogue is, except for the letters. And uh, and like I said, you see a lot of Kathy Bates okay. in this movie. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I do. We're not going to give it up, though. We're not? No. The hot tub scene? No, no. Oh, come on. I told you there are people that I know who will not watch this movie because of the hot tub scene because of the hot tub leave it at that so if no one's seen it they can see it themselves (laughs) we don't want to give them any preconceived ideas of what we're talking about that's the element of surprise oh it's a big surprise surprise. there's a reveal on it but there's you know it was so good it was so good the performance that hot tub scene that i was talking about it was so good that Kathy Bates was nominated for an Oscar. Because of that scene? Wow, what other scene could it have been? Oh, I Come mean, on. I, yeah. You got to watch the movie to see that scene. And if you've seen that scene, I'm redundant. <laughs> you know what we're talking about. But yes. We're not uh, going to give a spoiler. Kathy Bates was nominated uh, for an Oscar uh, for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Jack Nicholson was uh, nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, but neither of them won that year. He did an excellent job. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah. And uh, another fun thing, talking about awards, Jack Nicholson did win the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Drama, uh, to which he commented when he received the award. He said, I'm a little surprised. I thought we made a comedy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, he's not wrong. That's the funny part. He's not wrong. It's got drama in it, but it has comedy, too. It does. It's one of those, well, dramedy seems to be the term that people throw around these days. There's small things in there that just make you laugh. Oh, yeah. And there's there's some heartfelt stuff in this story, too. Oh, there definitely is. When his wife dies, there's heartfelt stuff. Yes, there's... It's very much, I said it before, I think this will probably be the third time I've said it now, it is very much a slice of life in the respect that there are things that happen that kind of make us chuckle. There are things that happen that make us really angry. There are things that happen that make us really sad. And all of the things in this movie, I mean, it does seem a little bit over the top especially once you everything moves to Colorado and it's right. Randall's crazy family but it's still very genuine oh yeah it's very believable it's not something that's far-fetched by any means at all and having Warren as your guide throughout all of this he's ever the observer like, I find myself in the audience going along this path with him. That is what it seems to be when you're watching the movie. Yeah. He's like the guide. He's And he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And we as the audience are kind of on that same journey with him. Well, because he had all these out. things happen that changes his life. His wife died. Well, first he retired. He's got to navigate that. Then his wife dies a few days later. His daughter's getting married, and he doesn't want to let her go. He's not comfortable with letting her go. So he has quite a path to navigate, and then he runs into Roberta. Yeah. Yeah. He runs into a lot of Roberta yeah. in, in the hot Okay, tub. okay. <laughs> Stop it. You're not going to let me talk about it, huh? No, I think it should be like when you all see the movie... <laughs> 
You can email. I don't know the name of the email. It's talking movies with my mom at gmail.com. Send is- us photos of your best reaction face when you see the hot tub scene in About Schmidt. What a segue to plug that email. Isn't that good? I'm learning. I am learning. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. But then the wedding is over, and he has to head home. Yeah, and he does. And He writes to Ndugu again. And he keeps, and I like to think it, and it's very heartfelt because he does get a letter back. Yeah, and in a lot of his letters to Ndugu, he talks about the disappointments in his life. Yes. And what he's looking for. And so when he gets a letter back, not from Ndugu... Well, it's uh, from one of the sisters who works in Ndugu's village. Right. And she kind of takes care of him because he's an orphan. Right. So she writes a letter for him. And uh, it, it's it's very heartfelt. It's a very heartfelt scene. And I, I like to think that in Warren's universe, he's still writing to Ndugu. That uh, that's where I see the story yeah. continues. Is that you know that was that was his constant throughout the whole thing, was he had somebody to lean on, he could vent a little bit, he could share things about himself. He probably shared more with Ndugu than he did most of his adult friends through most of his life. With his even with his wife. Even with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just always did whatever. His wife asked him or whatever anybody asked of him. He just did it. He was kind of a yes man. Um, ambitious to a certain degree. You know, he made a name for himself and his company. He was like vice president or assistant vice president or something. But he was very much a go with the flow kind of guy. Don't really wanted to rustle anybody's no, didn't feathers. Rock didn't all. rock the boat. No. And with Ndugu, he kind of liked had the opportunity to say hey this is who i am yeah and he was i think he was looking for a connection i think he needed a friend yeah yeah i think he just needed a connection and someone to visit with absolutely and while we're on this subject some of the fun trivia that i found is the word indugu actually translates in swahili to uh the it's a Swahili word means brother. Oh. And it's also used as slang uh for a friend in the US. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I think that's probably I think that I was I think they intentionally they picked intentionally that picked that name. That's cool. I thought so too. Another piece of fun trivia that I found about this which is kind of veering off a little bit was uh you remember the scene where he goes to deliver his first letter to Ndugu? Yeah. And he stops off at the, the Dairy, Dairy Queen. Queen. I love that scene. I do too because he's standing he's in a he's always in his trench coat. Yep. So he's always dressed like he's a businessman. Yeah. And then she's taking the order. And you know what I have ever since I saw that movie I have ordered a blizzard just like that. Seriously? Where he says, I'll have a blizzard with uh, vanilla, vanilla ice, ice cream. cream. She says, what do you want in it? Uh, Reese's Pieces and some cookie dough. What I, size uh, do you want? Uh, what was the size? Oh, shit. A medium. I usually get a small because I can't finish a medium yeah, these days. Big. But I have ordered that, and that's a good blizzard. Reese's Pieces and... Yeah, the chocolate chip cookie dough. Try it; it's great. But the uh, the gal who was the employee in the movie, she was an actual employee at a Dairy Queen in Omaha. Oh, so I, you know, she wasn't an actress. She was just she she actually worked there. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know if they just came in and said, they hey, probably did. We're we need film somebody this. in this scene. Do you want to do it? That's cool. Wouldn't that be just a kick? You're working at the Dairy Queen, and then all of a sudden you're in a movie with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, <laughs> just to even meet him would be cool. 
Yeah. But then to be in a scene with them would be even more cool. I know. It's just, it's wild. But a lot of the movie, uh, and I do appreciate that, is it was shot mostly in in and around Omaha. Yeah. And uh, the all of it are places you can actually go to. It's real. I always prefer that, uh, especially with movies like this, where they don't, they, they don't, they don't put it they're not on location like somewhere else right i think even uh the company yes the company that warren works for uh woodman of the world that that's a real insurance company oh is it yes oh i didn't know that so again just grounding it in that reality you know is one of the things i love about it so much and yeah you could tell like when he went to Roberta's house, they filmed that right in the neighborhood where he has his rig park there across the street. And all the houses are close together. You can definitely tell that he's in the actual area of Oklahoma. Or Denver. He Denver. Was in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that he's in a metropolitan area. Oklahoma. Where the hell did you where get that from? Where did that come from? Because he was from Omaha? Okay, I can see that. It's all O's. I just had to make sure you didn't Oop. have like Rogers and Hammerstein stuck Oop. in your head or some shit. I don't know. No, I'm not going to start singing. Sorry. That's all right. I'm we'll save that for happen. another episode. Probably never happened. You know what? I have to say it finally with this thing. It's kind of hard for me to admit that this movie is almost 20 years old. Oh, Tell me about it. Because I saw this movie when I was in high school. Yeah. I, you know, because I, that's the thing I like to do. I was not unlike uh, Richie Tozer in Stephen King's It. I was yep. always off to the movies. I was a movie geek. You I, were. Uh, you know. And I remember seeing this movie opening weekend. Drove all the way to Fargo with a couple of friends and went to see this movie. And we were the three youngest people in the entire theater. <laughs> I believe that. It was like three 17-year-old kids. Everybody else, at least 70-plus. Yeah, and here's the really scary part. I'm closing in on Warren Schmidt's age. Well, so you don't you need go. to tell everybody that. You can oh. leave something to the mystique. There is no mystique. <laughs> Come on. But that is wild for me to think about, that this movie is damn near 20 years old. Yeah, time goes by quick. Do you Which think it, is part of... It's funny you bring that up. Yeah. Because that is part of Warren's thing. Because at the beginning, at one point, when he's writing to Indugu, he tells him that time is short and he has to use every minute valuably and then they show these scenes where he's just sleeping because he's kind of in mourning I think after his wife died and he's not keeping up the house and stuff but the theme kind of runs through that he's looking for that thing of of having something to be attached to or something to be remembered by right yeah so kind of quick here because we'll wrap things up here in a moment but I did have to include some other weird things with this movie okay I agree everything with what you said I thought it was beautifully beautifully uh, eloquently put together in a nice neat package I just I'm, I'm ready to talk about something else okay okay <laughs> I'm, I'm following you I'm on the path so, uh, Come on, Warren, let's great, go. Great cast in this movie, right? Absolutely. Couldn't think of anybody else to play the characters that played, the, the actors who played the characters. Could you? No. All right. Well, here. You're going to throw thing. me a loop. I, well, I'm just going to tell you how it happened. Okay. I mean, some of the trivia, uh, the, I'm looking at IMDb. Yeah. Could be... Could be all that true or not. I don't know. We'll find out. But talking in terms of the cast, for the character of Randall, yep. it was not Mr. Dermot Mulrooney who was the first pick, which he did a great job. Who was the first pick? Thomas Hayden Church. 
Who is? He was the guy. We talked about him in Sideways. Oh, yeah. And right? uh, he was Lowell on Wings. Yeah. I don't think he would have done the same. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think he would be, have well, been a little too. Been. I'll, I, I feel he would have been. I don't know if he could play the same naive. Exactly. You know, dope that he Dermot was Mulroney just kind of a dweeb. Very much so. Yeah, I don't think he could have pulled it off quite as know. well. I don't know. Well, here's one I hope you don't get upset about. You were messing with Kathy Bates. I, I ain't tell. messing with it. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm not going to mess with nothing. I'm just telling you exactly, you know, this is apparently what may or may not have happened. You know what my answer is going to be even before I hear it. You're going to be so thrown off by this, though. Okay. Because in consideration for the role of Roberta Herzl, it was none other than Shirley Jones. What? <laughs> no way. Shirley Jones is so conservative and she would not be able to do the hippy dippy. And the hot tub scene just would not be the same. You I'm wouldn't want to see Shirley Jones in nope, the hot nope, tub? No, no, no. But she's so all American pie. Right? Is she not all American pie? Oh God! Now what? You know what I'm doing in my head? Now uh. I'm just injecting Shirley Jones into every Kathy Bates movie. Like, oh, that's what, scary. What do you think Misery would have been like? That with is one Shirley of my favorite Jones? films, and it would not have been the same with Shirley. Come Jones. on, get happy! <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's write something. Yeah, no, I. That is an odd pick. I guess I th I was a little surprised Threw by you it off myself too. Yeah. that they were considering Shirley Jones for that well, role. Well, they made the right pick. I think so too. I can't see Shirley Jones doing that part at all. <coughs> now I have to watch it again with her in my head. That'll just be like. What? Like I said, I think I'm gonna start doing that. Just think like, you know, Dolores Claiborne with. <laughs> Oh, with no. With Shirley Jones. No. You may have to review that movie. That is one of my all-time. Oh, But you know goodness. I have a big Stephen King obsession. Oh, yes. And we'll we get can, into we'll that, but yes. we didn't want people to think we only did horror films because that's... No, we decided to switch it up a little bit. lots of different things. You actually recommended this one. You said, why don't we do this? I and I it said, it just popped okay. up off the fly. You know, I was like, hey, that, you know... It's got a good message. It does. It makes everybody think about what you're doing with your life. And honestly, didn't I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the, what's it called? Child Reach or what's the organization? Yes, Child Reach. Didn't their donations go way up after this movie? Yes, they did. I, I for completely forgot about that because it is, it's an actual Child Reach commercial narrated by Angela Lansbury yes. like things like that were were at that time I don't know I don't know how those organizations really advertise anymore but before it was on TV and it was commercials and there was there was a surge of people that started donating because of this film because you know they were inspired by it and you know thought well wouldn't it be nice to have like a pen pal to right. write to and, and build a connection and do something good for somebody else. And how is how awesome is it that that grew out of the film? Yes. You know, I don't know that when they made the film, they intended that to happen. I don't no, think I don't did. think it was there. I mean, they didn't use it as a ploy or anything like that. No, I think it was a very pleasant surprise. In the credits and everything, it's not really pushed in there or anything. So no, it was like you say, it was a pleasant surprise and how awesome to help people in some of the poorest areas of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So I had to mention that. No, I'm glad you did because that's definitely a big thing that the movie leaves you with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably one of the most moving parts to the movie aside from the hot tub scene. Okay. Well, and <laughs> okay, we're going to leave the hot tub scene. I think I said that. But in Warren's character, he's looking for something, and he does this thing that 
is seemingly small because it was like twenty two dollars a month or something. It wasn't like a yeah. Year. I think they calculated it at seventy two cents a day or something. But like I that. think beyond helping the little boy in Dugu, he gained a lot more from the relationship by writing the letters. Oh yes, yes he did. It was very cathartic for him. Yes. Yeah. So that part is kind of like you go, wow, that's cool. And then when you find out that the organization actually did increase the revenues and was able to help more people, it's really cool. It's like it is. Up. It's it's. It, I love it when something like art or film or television, pop culture, however you want to define it, kind of influences people to do something good. Yeah. And even not, if it's something yeah. small, if it influences you to go out and you know hold a door for someone or smile, no matter what it is, it's cool. It is. It's very cool. Oh, so, all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is one of those movies, though, that's kind of... It, it, it. There's a lot of funny stuff to it, but there's also some very genuine moving parts to it as well, and it does make you think. It and, does. And I do always enjoy a film that makes you think and is fun to talk about. Yeah. So, so it was a good one. I agree. Uh, we rented it on Amazon Prime, so you can find it there. Two ninety nine, and don't forget your PIN number. Yes, don't forget your PIN number. Very important. And as always, we want to thank everybody for listening, and thank you for all your wonderful feedback. And, uh, you know, if you want to write a review for us, uh, you know, tell us how we're doing, or, you know, talk about whatever, you can find us on Facebook and also at talking movies with my mom at gmail.com. You got anything else to close this one out? I really don't. No? This was a fun one to do. This was. And uh, probably very soon we're going to get to uh, some of our listeners' requests. So That'd stay be cool. tuned. Cool. I that. say I don't even know what they are. So some of them I'm not sure either. I just I haven't opened them yet. I'm just I might leave it as a surprise. That'd be cool. Wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. And uh, next time, we'll see you at the movies. Bye.